Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Okay, so I was um, reading the, again the rules of the Vipassana game. <laughs> and I found this little piece here. And it says, if um, um, while in the meditation hall, a player um, find themselves snoring. <laughs> it is okay for another close-by player to gently press on their hand or feet, and uh, none of the two players will lose points. this classic case of um, you're um, in, a, um, in a cabin somewhere or you're in the woods camping and it's, uh, it's a little dark and suddenly you, uh, while looking around, you, you look for something, suddenly you see the snake there, you know, a few feet from you, your heart, you know, kind of jams or whatever it does and you get all hot and you're like <laughs> and uh, and suddenly uh, the moon that was hidden behind the cloud m uh, the moon doesn't do much but the cloud <laughs> separate and reveals the moon which reveals its light, which reveals that the snake is a rope. This is the classic uh, case. Uh, okay. So there was a mistake in, uh, in perception. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time here on a retreat, it was not at this time of year, it was um, uh, fall, early fall, I guess. And I was coming out of the... Um, the, the back where we wash the dishes outside to go towards the annex. And I just uh, came out on the little porch there and it was um, late at night. And I just breathed, you know, the fresh air and probably last sit that just happened. And under the hostas, hosta, big leaf, I saw this, um, this, uh, this frog but it was about this size. <laughs> and I, I just looked and saw, and in my mind it was like, it kept saying, frog, 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 but like it didn't kind of agree in the mind, you know, like it kept like... And, uh, and at some point, like, things came together, like the, the moon, or rather the clouds, and I saw a little bit better, and it actually was a rabbit. So there was a, a misperception there that happened. So there is one uh, perception that we have uh, of, of self that uh, is very solid perception, very uh, convincing, very often not um, questioned, you know, rather reinforced probably uh, with every experience. I knew, I knew that. Oh, I, I didn't know that, you know. This is what I want, you know. And so that's kind of our normal way to live. And so um, tonight I want to look a little bit uh, at this through um, 
the angle of the, the, the five, um, I want to call it uh, the five rivers of being. So when there's this, um, this view of self, or even we could say experience, huh? because it's, it's, it's a lived experience. When there's this experience of self, it means that there's also not self. There is me. If there is me, there is the world. And that has its challenges. You know, it means maybe uh, most of us will see this as viable, me against the world, you know, viable, but it's going to require a lot of uh, strategizing and a lot of controlling and defending and, uh, yeah. Um, so, so in, in, uh, in Buddhism, it's said that this problem of uh, self-identification, appropriation, uh, possession, uh, is really at the heart of uh, stress and suffering and difficulties in our lives. And so, in a way, vipassana, the, the practice that we do here, is an inquiry into this. Although we might not have named it, it's certainly a way to talk about what we've been doing this week a lot. Starting to inquire about what is self made of and can these pieces that we find really be owned in some way, you know? Um, and we make many discoveries about, uh, around this. And it's said that when this is resolved, the, the problem of uh, separation with the world and selfing, that actually it's the end of the path, that there is a complete freedom when this misperception is corrected. And that's a lot of what we're uh, doing here. There's a quote that I like. And I think, th yeah, this comes from uh, Ajahn Amaro. Uh, it says, trying to find a me without a world that burdens it is like trying to run away from your own shadow. No matter how fast you run, the effort is bon bound to fail as the one form generates the other. The me form generates the world that burdens it. And Wu Wei Wu, that I like a lot, says 99% of our thoughts are about me, and there isn't one. No wonder we are stressed out. <laughs> so, um, in the teaching, there is this, uh, the, this teaching of the five aggregates, kandas or skanda, that is very central in the, in the body of, um, of this, the scripture. There's, uh, there's above 200 discourses that use this as a frame of... Um, analysis of the human experience in, in action. Uh, uh, it's the second, the second discourse that the Buddha gave. First discourse was on the f uh, Four Noble Truths. There was five ascetics uh, there, five of his old friends from early, earlier practice. When he gave the discourse on the Four Noble Truths, one of them got it, got it, Kondonya. I get it. He, he got the profundity of this teaching and was his mind was freed from delusion, misconception, misapprehension, misunderstanding. Yeah? And then, just to tell you that the five aggregates really is a good one, because so the second discourse, he was talking to uh, the four others, and they got it. <laughs> so it's just to sell the point that <laughs> this is a good teaching. <laughs> I. Um, I, I, this is a teaching, personally, it's, in my practice, it's been definitely central. It's, it's, uh, it's the heart of my, my spiritual practice is around, around these. So I, I enjoy very much uh, talking about them, considering them, applying them. Um, it, it's, it might sound theoretical, but what I would like us to do, or like me to do, 
is to try to make it as applicable as possible. This is really a tool for practice. So that's kind of my, uh, my aim here. Yeah. So what it is basically is just to look at what is the human experience and to divide it in a way that we can start to undo it and understand what's happening. We could, in a way it's arbitrary, we could decide to, okay, human experience, let's divide this in two. Body, mind, you know, and just notice, oh, you know, pressure on the butt, body. You know, <laughs> knowing the pressure on the butt, mind. Thinking that it's time to rise, you know, uh, mind. Rising up, sensations of standing up, body. You know, one could do this. <clears throat> and it is actually part of this practice to start to see the difference, look at our experience in this way. Instead of this fascination that we have often of like, me, what I want, what uh, is happening to me. You know, there's this kind of a frame of reference that we have for our life. My group of people that I belong to, those that I care about. Like, it's all like um, somebody said, uh, I as a measuring stick, you know. So in this Dharma practice, we're invited to remove, at least part of the time, the eye glasses and put on the Dharma glasses, and there's several shades. You, you can put the you know, shades of the Four Noble Truths and look like, oh, this is suffering. This is clinging, causing suffering. This is release from clinging. Ah, that was the path. You know? So instead of saying, this is what I want. I didn't get what I want. Well, next time I'll get what I want. Okay, then. You know? <laughs> there's a way where you can put the glass and say, oh, yeah, clinging. This is clinging. You know? So you're wearing the glasses of, the, uh, of uh, the Dharma. So one of the shades is putting on the glasses of uh, the five, uh, five aggregates or five rivers. Yeah. So basically, it's what's constantly happening in our experience. It's a way to, to divide what's happening all the time. As I am speaking now, let's start with just that. So I'll name uh, the five as I'm speaking now. So as I'm speaking now, there is form, there's some physicality that is happening, which is, uh, if we talk about the speaking, is the vibration at the ear door. Yeah? So everybody here has vibration at the ear, ear door. Yes, it vibrates now. Can you feel the vibration? Yeah? Okay. Not the sense of what is said, but just the pure vibration. There's physicality going on. Yeah? So, okay, so that's the first river. It's not like, uh, it's not one thing, it's a river. Huh? There's a, the vibration is gone all the time, there's new vibration. So that's one level of reality. That, there's another one that is happening at the very same time as the vibration is going on right now, is that um, it's um, either pleasant or unpleasant or neither one or the other. This is, this is running as we speak now, yeah? Um, and uh, there's also the sense, that's the third one, is the, the perception, is you make sense of the word. Like when you hear the word, word, it's not roller, you know, it's, it makes us, it points to something, yeah? Yeah, so there's always like perception is happening all the time, an organizing of the world. This is another of the rivers that is flowing all the time. And um, another one is very vast, is um, um, Everything that arises uh, with that it could be emotion as you're, as you're listening. There's a vibration, there's the pleasantness, the unpleasantness at the ear door. There's the making sense of it. And there's like, this guy is so annoying, you know, or he's so charming, you know, or, <laughs> or like, yeah, I'm following, you know, and I want, I want more. Let, give me the fifth one, you know, and this, you know. So there's, there's a kind of, there's things happening. You're, you're alive with intentionality or feeling or thoughts, you know. So that's another fourth field or river of something that is running through you. And then there's a, a fifth one, which is consciousness. There's, there's some kind of wakeful, some, some kind of cognition happening, some kind, of, uh, some kind of registering or receiving that is happening all the time, yeah. So these, these, are the, these five things are, are happening all the time. And these are the five aggregates. 
So uh, why would we mess with that in that way? You know, why would we uh, dive in, in this kind of practice? Because it says that when you, well, there's many reasons, but one of them is that um, there's an example that is used is, um, it's a little, uh, what is the word, Gru gruesome maybe? A little, uh, a little non-vegan, non non-vegetarian. <laughs> it's the image of the... <laughs> it's the image of um, a cow. You have a cow, and in, that's in the old text, you know, 1,500 years old, 2,000 years old. It says, when you have a cow, and you uh, kill the cow, and you cut the cow, and you put it at the market, uh, when people come at the market, they don't see, oh, cow, I want cow. You know, they say like, oh, I want ground beef. You know, I want, you know, the different, I don't, steak. You know, I want, uh, there's no more like the cowness is gone because you have deconstructed it some. And so you can, uh, uh, so th the idea, the concept of cow has, uh, is, has been uh, undone and, and uh, so that's the idea to use these is to uh, a little poke a little bit in the, the kind of um, veil or magic show of me, you know, and, and, and start to undo it and, uh, and see how uh, maybe how little control we have over all these aspects of reality, how they can't be owned just by the fact, by the fact that they're dynamic, river-like, you know, that they're gone all the time and new all the time, yeah. Yeah, so maybe I should go through um, each one of them a bit. And there's a, a series of analogy that is used that is very, very useful. Oh, another image is the, the chariot, no? You, may, you might have heard that. Like, so, you know, when it, it says that when you... Um, you know, there's, there's a chariot for you, but if you remove the wheels and remove the panels on the side and remove the axle, and <laughs> I'm not very good with chariots here. <laughs> That's going to be a big failure. <laughs> Who's good with chariots? <laughs> but when you, you know, there's no, when you undo this, you see there's no actual chariots. There's a, there's a bunch of distinct little pieces, and when they get together, you're like, oh, the chariot, I love this chariot, this chariot look, works well. But there's no actual really chariot that exists. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have an inherent, essential chariotness in it. You know, it's just an amalgamation of things. And so that's what we might find out with, uh, with the five aggregate, is that, oh, there's these different parts, you know. And so... Uh, uh, it can remove a lot of the stress of uh, having to own and defend and keep and be ashamed of, you know, oh, this aggregate, I, I hate this. <laughs> you know, like it's, it becomes just something to see it's there and that's what it is. So let's uh, start with the form. The Buddha compared form, the, the physicality of our experience, and at, at any given moment it's different. Yeah? He compares, uh, compares it to foam. So the foam on the river, that the shape is always changing and it's empty by nature. How amazing that 2,500 years ago, without a microscope, without, you know, just by paying attention, the same tool that we're using here, that this guy, who could have been a girl, but it just happened like this. It's important to mention it once in the retreat every time. <laughs> That's the sixth aggregate. <laughs> Gender. Isn't there any, a little bit of clinging around that? Yeah. So, um, parenthesis. Um, so, Isa, that form is, you know, we have this image, maybe a lot because of the visual that this is me, this is Pascal, this is my body, it was my body this morning, it's my body this afternoon. Our version is pretty solid, but when we pay attention in the meditation, that's what we do over and over again. We pay attention, we start to see, oh, what I call hand is actually something extremely dynamic. You know, 
if I close my eyes, especially, this is something alive. It's clinging, radiating heat, or touched by cold, and it's it's um, from one moment to the next. It's it's a changing experience. This body this morning, or this body standing later in the afternoon, it's a new experience. It's changing. It's, it's taking different form. It's felt differently yeah? all the time. And so, uh, so we're called to um, look at this, feel this from the inside and discover the foam-like nature of body, of the space in there, the fluidity. Uh, yeah? So that's uh, one of the, the, uh, the aspects there that is changing all the time. And when we don't see this, at some point we might have a shock, you know, where we go from, uh, you know, being young and handsome or beautiful and then, you know, getting in some bathroom where they have this horrible lighting, you know, <laughs> and suddenly this thing appears, you know, and you don't want to own that, you know, this, you know. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't work, you know, like, so, so there's, but if there's a, been through meditation a recognition that this, this is so changing all the time from the inside and, and there's no owning this because it's, it's just liveliness all the time, you know, then there's no, the attachment maybe is not going to be so, so strong, yeah, or, um, you know, um, a diagnosis comes, you know. If I'm attached to the form in a certain way, uh, Pascal, healthy, you know, if, if there's an association with Pascal, it's mainly like this, you know, it has vitality and this and that, and suddenly the form charge uh, starts changing and it gets stuck, heavy, uh, the energy, the vitality gets very low for some reason, you know, and and if I'm attached, I cling to to the other version, and so I'm not in the foam world. I'm in the. This is what I, you know. There's no the fluidity in the mind of like accepting the the foam-like nature. Then there's going to be uh, suffering, of course, and I'm, I'm saying this, and I I. I I know many of you know that, and we, and I know that from experience, also. Uh, I sometimes tell this story of one day, a number of years ago, I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Oh, you know, it's not good at all. It, it's actually very bad, you know," and uh, and there was an attachment to a certain kind of Pascal, you know, and suddenly that. That was not true anymore. You know, there was a, the form was changing, you know, the inner form, and then there was medication that came in, and that came with side effects, and the, and the inner form was, was changing. And to the extent that I was invested in the other version, you know, I was also suffering with the new version, not, not just the pain, but the idea that I was losing something that was never possible to keep on foam me, you know. Solid. I don't know if I'm saying this well, but uh, anyways, just pointers for you to uh, to investigate and discover. So, form is uh, is one of the the rivers that uh, is there. And the second one is the uh, uh, feeling tone. And in this, we say that we're in the, in the realm that we're in, in this human life, it comes with uh, pleasure and displeasure and neutrality. It's, it's kind of the juice of uh, when there is a contact between the eye and visual object, the ear and, uh, and a, a sound, you know, a vibration. Uh, when there's a contact, when, when there's a, the, you know, the finger touches there. When there's a contact, the juice that comes out of this pressing of the ear and the vibration, the, 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 we say this is the, the feeling tone of pleasantness or unpleasantness or neutrality that comes. It's, it comes with any experience at any sense door. Uh, 
And so this is, um, so these five rivers, as I said, could have been divided in any way. But the Buddha, we know that we're talking about a clever being here. You know, very, he decided to divide this in f these fives rather than other five ways of dividing or seven something because in each area there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, something rich in terms of uh, suffering, clinging, and rich in terms of finding freedom in there. Actually, in the, descript the first noble truth, you know, um, you know paraphrasing phrasing here, you know, uh, birth is difficult, uh, disease is difficult, aging is difficult, being uh, stuck with what we don't want, being away from what we want is difficult. There's a paragraph that describes the first noble truth, truth of suffering. It ends with, in the, um, in, the, in a few words, paraphrasing here, in a few words, uh, the five aggregates uh, uh, subject to clinging are suffering. So, uh, so this second kind of chapter or river that I'm talking about is an area very, very interesting to bring investigation to. And we've talked about this already this week or in your years of practice, you, you know that, that when there is a pleasant, pleasantness that happens in the mind, at the ear door, at somewhere, there's, a, there's often, not always, and it's good to see when there is and when there isn't, but often there will be clinging pleasant, I want, you know this character? <laughs> you know, there's this thing that happens in the mind, you know, and when it's unpleasant, it says that there's two tendencies that can be activated. One is the rejection, the, the one defending, fearing, uh, uh, wanting to destroy, uh, denying, uh, all, all these kinds of st strategies that is, no, I don't want to have to deal with this. Uh, so that's the first reaction that can uh, come in. A second reactivity. In the text it says um, the untrained uh, worldling, the un untrained mind, um, when they meet the difficult, two tendencies are activated uh, because they don't know better. So there's the rejection. And the other tendency that gets uh, activated is the tendency to look for pleasure because the being is untrained and doesn't know how to be with displeasure. So they try to uh, shut it down, avoid it, and they tend to turn towards the pleasant. So um, one of the, um, the things that happens in this practice you might have noticed is uh, what we could call uh, vipassana joy. It's sometimes when you actually encounter the teaching in your experience, it's actually happening. You know, like uh, you're sitting here and there's pain in the knee and suddenly like, oh, let's have a fantasy about going on a trip in Nepal, <laughs> you know? So there's pain here and I don't want to feel it, so let's bring up something pleasurable, you know? And then you can say, oh, et voila, you know, this is it, you know? Phone at home, you know, conversation on the phone. Hang up, open the fridge. You know, these are kind of like caricatural, but this might be something that we might find uh, that this mind does. And it's good to see it say, oh, et voila, 2,500 years ago, people were doing exactly that too, hanging up and turning towards the fridge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's this tendency of that, like, and it says because it doesn't know better, it doesn't know that, uh, that there's a way to actually, actually meet uh, unpleasantness with stability of heart and mind, with attention, knowing deeply because of prior moments of attention that the unpleasure and pleasure, the unpleasureness. I think you can freely do this in English. Just <laughs> add some kind of ness at the end. <laughs> the <laughs> so the unpleasurability of something. Ends up passing, you know. It's it cannot stick forever. It's just uh, and the analogy. So the foam for the the for the the, the physicality and for the, the 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 feeling tone of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral is a bubble. 
that's bubbles or bubble. That's the analogy of the Buddha. And you can, uh, you can see he was probably thinking of champagne. And, and uh, you know, in, in the champagne, the bubbles rise up and, and it looks delicious, but then they pop. You know, it takes, a, I don't know, I never calculated, but a couple of seconds, you know. And it pops, or the bubbles when it rains, you know, on the on the on a body of water, there's little bub- bubbles that pops, pops, and so that's the nature of um, of uh, the the pleasantness or unpleasantness. It it just stays a moment, and it's it's ac- extremely conditional, like any of these aggregates that we're uh, or rivers that we're talking about tonight. It takes the right condition for the pleasure to happen. And the conditions are certainly not going to stay, so it's going to pass, you know. And to bring attention to that river, so that's how one can work with uh, these um, aggregates, is to recognize, maybe focus on that field. I'm going to focus on the field of pleasure, displeasure, how, how quickly it goes. You know, I'm sitting here, and there's, a, I don't know, neutrality in the breath, but then a sense of connection with it, and then ease in the mind, and it's pleasurable. And then somebody cough, you know, and, and that's unpleasurable. And, and it, it, it's just like this all the time. It's changing very, very rapidly. And so to bring attention to that river of bubbles. Bubbles sometimes is a good choice because of image, because we make a big bubble out of my pleasure, you know, you destroyed my pleasure when you said this or when you, or when they, you know. And, uh, and sometimes we can get stuck in that bubble for years, you know, way back then, you know, melancholy, trying to have, a, you know, own, keep a bubble that can't be kept, gone, you know, that canoe trip, gone, you know. That love, gone, Bub- bubble, yeah. And same thing with the, uh, the unpleasure, uh, un- un- unpleasantness. I can get stuck, identify a moment of unpleasantness to a person, you know, like at- attribute unpleasantness, you know. So something happened, there was unpleasantness, and I define somebody by that, you know. And in my mind, 18 years down the road, that bubble is still there, you know, and I cherish it, you know. And so to, to see this, like, oh, that moment is actually gone. And that being is so many things. I want to oversimplify, but just to give little pointers of uh, things we can maybe work with around the Vedana is the word in Pali of uh, feeling tone. And so another one, a third river is perception. So this making sense of things all the time. And it's good to become aware of this, that this is happening all the time. It's just fun to see that we don't do anything. We don't do anything for the feeling tone. We don't do anything for the, for the foam-like nature of uh, physicality. And the perception also, it just happens. It comes with you being a human being. There's this constant organizing the world that is happening. And so if you f- put your focus on it, it's very interesting. At the ear door, you just look around and it just tells you, it might not be in thoughts, but it knows cushion, women, woman, men, uh, plaid shirt, you know, it, it, just, it just organizes things. It picks up in memory and it, it represents the world again. And what is interesting with that is that this can lead to um, um, uh, a lot of confusion and stress, or it could be refined. What we're doing here, as we sit here, we're refining perception, so it's more accurate. It's closer to what is actually happening. So one of uh, uh, my teachers, sitting here, maybe actually, uh, Christopher. I remember one time he was, I think, talking about this, and he said, "You know, be present and re." actualize memory. I mean, if that's only what you do, that's already a good thing, you know, because you go out, you see a tree, you don't really look at a tree. I know a tree, tree, you know, I've seen trees, you know. And, but 
you've never seen that more recent version <laughs> of tree, you know? And so stop and take that, ver at least you'll have that latest version of tree, you know? Replace tree by friend, mother, yeah. sister, yeah? So, so you have a latest version, you know? Um, I think we were, we've been talking about Eugene, uh, and Eugene, uh, if I remember well, it's, it's him, and he used to do at some point with his daughter uh, this really uh, strange and beautiful exercise where he would sit with his daughter. Let's imagine she's in her 20s. And they sit in front of each other, and he says to her, I am not your father. And she answers, I am not your daughter. They don't do it like in a kind of soap op opera kind of way, like, you know, like... <laughs> I'm not your, you know, <laughs> that's not what they mean. They, they, they just do this so there's something that, so who's there then, you know, who's this being? And then I can s see you again and, and discover you with a newness, you know. Um, and uh, I remember when I heard him uh, say that, I decided to actually do it. I was working with, uh, on a longer retreat with, uh, uh, colleagues, yeah, let's say that, my revered teachers, and where I was um, going to, um, coming in and out of the teacher's room, there was a window, and I could see, uh, there was one teacher that was often there, and when I would come, I would see this teacher, and while I would reach the door and not see her for a few seconds, I would just think, uh, this is not Carol, this is not Carol. And then I would open the door, and there was a freshness in meeting her every day. Instead of, this is Carol, Carol, you know, Carol's preparing her talk, Carol's, you know. It was, it was not like this. There was like, who's, who's there then, you know, if it's not Carol? Who is this being? And there was aliveness in me. There was mindfulness, but not the kind like, let's be mindful. You know, the, there was the, the, it was more the curiosity, the aliveness, the, the, the mystery. And that was enhancing life, you know. Plus, you know, there's a lot of advantages to this. There's a real listening. There's a discovering, you know. And so when we, um, uh, when we uh, start to refine our perception, be interested, know that perception is happening, you know, uh, and, and question, inquire it, explore it, like as it's happening, like, oh, yeah, this is what, it, when it, sees that person, it sees uh, enemy or friend or it, it stuck something on it, you know, and just take time to, to feel this. Um, I'd begin a sentence here. Uh, anyway, it's a good thing to do. Um, and in the perception, in the, the, in the, sorry, in the refinement of perception, what we'll start to see is what we're talking about here, impermanence the not solidity of things, the, uh, how we, uh, we put. Um, sometimes it's like our, um, our eyes, our senses are turned into uh, some kind of um, their um, kidnap, I want to say, by mind states. There's, um, instead of using in the most noble way our senses, to discover the reality of things, the, the senses are kidnapped by wanting. And so what I do is I look around to l find something desirable, let's say. Because there's this latent tendency inside uh, of me of, of looking for satisfaction. So it looks and it's like, you know, walking on the street and it's, you know, I don't, I don't know, there's, there's this thing happening. Or, and then it's just like this. This is going to be satisfying, you know? And there's, so the perception is wrong. This is not going to satisfy in, in the way that I often think, you know, like deep satisfaction. Things cannot provide deep, durable satisfaction. They just can't. But with my wrong perception, I have the, oh, that next job is going to really do it, or that relationship is it, you know? And if I get more attentive, I'll see like, oh, no, it's, it's, uh, like everything else, 
a little crooked, you know? And there's a possibility to totally be with the crookedness and be engaged, but without the false perception that there's going to be deep, sustained, unwavering, seamless uh, satisfaction there. So with refining a perception, we start to see that conditioned things, things that are put together, like beings and events and things, uh, they, 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 um, they cannot provide lasting, everlasting satisfaction. That's a perception that gets cleared up. Perception of uh, owning also, of uh, complete control. When we're, that's what we're finding out. I'm just naming things that we're finding out here that I don't even have complete ownership of what's happening inside of me. Mind state arises that I didn't call and that I can't, uh, you know, accompany to the exit uh, in a timely manner. You know, they, they have their own agenda, their own life, you know. So uh, these are some of the perceptions that are um, uh, clarified. And uh, the analogy here is uh, mirage. Mirage? How accurate is that, you know? It's like there's a, there's a sense, there's a sense that this retreat will last forever, you know? That I'm the best meditator, that I'm the worst meditator, and it's, it's this mirage, you know? You're the worst of the hundred here. And it, it's, there's this kind of perception, you know, that of that, you know, and it's very convincing. And suddenly, whoops, the mirage disappear and suddenly I'm the best, you know, for a few minutes at least, you know. Yeah. So we can see our perception. Uh, and for me, that's, that's um, one of the things I, I like doing in practice with perception is just know that perception is happening. Like not make it into the truth or not, but just like, wow, so there is, perception is happening. This, this, it's, it's, it's rolling. It's doing its thing. I don't have to mess with it so much. I can just let it happen. Perception, it seems like the whole of the future is bleak, let's say. You know? This is a view of the world that is happening right now. Can it be just that? Another uh, river that's very wide river, this one, it contains almost all of the rest of what's happening inside of us. Emotion, thoughts, uh, intentions, yeah? Um, and, uh, and the analogy here, it's very beautiful, very powerful. It's um, the plantain tree trunk or banana tree trunk, which is empty at the core. But it seems like it's a tree and it's solid, and, but as soon as it bears its fruit, it falls flat on the ground. And so we know that we're sitting here and breathing in, out, and then, uh, I don't know, when I go back to work next week, you know, this person's still going to be there, I can't believe, and, oh, and there's this huge banana tree that comes and it bears fruit, you know, I feel like shit suddenly because it's not the job I want to do, and you know, and this huge creation of the mind, generation of the mind, while body is sitting here unthreatened, you know, but there's this huge uh, proliferation and production and generation of the mind, and it does its thing, and then suddenly it's like, dong, oh, you know, I was sitting in the hall, you know, and there was this thing that was very convincing, it looked solid, even sticky, you know, uh, serious, real, but it was just that, just uh, another illusion of uh, something solid that was not. And so uh, it's good to, for me, just doing this, seeing the generations of the mind like this. Um, and one particular aspect of, um, of that aggregate or that river is intentions. So there's always intention that is running inside of us. And we might, I don't know, talk about this more in the next few days. But as you sit here, uh, there's an intention maybe to listen or an intention to think about something else, you know, but there's, there's something uh, uh, active, you know. Uh, 
in the in the feeling tone, the pleasantness, and the you you receive. Yeah, there's a contact, and uh, it's how it's received in the perception. There's the contact, and it's um, it's how it's perceived. It's more on the object than on the reception. And in the in this uh, mental formation aggregate of this river of uh, the mental formation, we call it. It's, it's about how I engage with the world. So a lot of intention, how emotion are produced and thoughts are produced. And we say that when there's a contact with the eye and uh, a visual object, there will be a feeling tone. It will feel agreeable or disagreeable or neither one, neither agreeable or disagreeable. There will be a perception, you know, person, uh, Richard, you know. And there will be also a proliferation that comes with, you know, I always like Richard, Richard's a good guy, you know. Why is he, what, what is he doing now? Why is he doing this? You know? <laughs> so there's this, this, this thing that happens and we can, um, we can become aware of that, how, how the mind engages. Maybe a thing to say about this is that the intention to think, the, uh, the intention to stand up, the intention to turn when we uh, do the, the walking meditation, the inten- intention to reach uh, the mouth with the, the spoon, the intention to speak in the group. There's always intention going on while we're here, and it's good to see this. This is uh, known to be, in, in and of itself, neutral. It doesn't, uh, it's just something that happens. But... Often, this intention that is at play is mixed with, another, with other qualities of mind. So, sometimes the intention is mixed with uh, generosity. Sometimes the intention is mixed with greed. Yeah? So, then it gives it a kind of a karmic value, you could say. You know? either leading towards stress or leading away from stress. And so it's, it's interesting to become aware of um, intention during the day and to see sometimes intention will be really clearly uh, linked to uh, uh, a mind state that is wholesome and stum- sometimes to a mind state that is unwholesome and it's going to be clear. And many times it's not going to be clear. It's just like I reach the end of the path and I turn. Yeah. And as in any one of these, if you're still following me, these different kind of uh, rivers, there's the, cap- the possibility of clinging in the, in, in, um, you know, clinging to body, my body, you know, and it's changing and I suffer, or my pleasure that was destroyed by your coughing, you know. Uh, and uh, so there's a, a way we can cling to this or my view on this, we could even say for perception, let's say we put it this way tonight. Yeah. And in the, in the intention, we can also have this feeling, we were talking about this today in a group, that uh, we can cling to the idea that this is me. Okay, Pascal, I'm not the body I understand. I'm not these bubbles of pleasure. You know, they, they happen, they're known, but they're not me. And, and the perception is just something that happens with the contact. There's a, an understanding of the world. It's not me, but it's happening to me. And the, but the intention, this is me. I turn at the end of the path, you know. And that's very interesting. Uh, so today we were talking about this and we were saying, it's, it's very interesting this, when the attention is unrefined, worldling kind of attention, you know, untrained mind kind of attention, we'll think, I decided to do this. But when we look very carefully, and we're talking here about really carefully, (laughs) we'll discover that really me? Not sure. It's very funny that suddenly the intention to turn arise in me as I'm about to hit the wall. You know, intention here, and what I'm saying is that it's conditional. When the conditions are right, intention arises. You can try this in the, in the dining hall. Hunger, fork, broccoli. Pick the, f- the fork in the broccoli and just keep your hand here. 
I bet you the intention to reach and put in the mouth will arise. If the conditions are right, hunger, broccoli, fork, there's probably going to be a movement upward with the hand. <laughs> that, that's an interesting level of practice. I mean, we've been talking a lot about emotions <laughs> this week, but there's a very interesting level of practice here. It's amazing. You know how, in, you know, a, a classic case, um, the retreatant will come to interview, will say, and they'll be freaked out, and, and, or I'll be, because that happened to me a number of times, where, so I'm sitting, I was sitting in my room after the meal, you know, and just paying attention to the breath, you know, and suddenly there was this uh, wind, cold wind that came, and, uh, and, and, uh, and I was very attentive, so I saw cold wind came, uh, shiver, shiver, unpleasantness, desire to cover, hand reached. And then I completely freaked out because I saw there was no me in there. There was just a series of events that, you know, with un, more unrefined attention. And we don't want to judge ourselves and hate ourselves because 99.9 .9 of the time we live in the unrefined attention, in my understanding. So we're like, yeah, I grab my shawl, you know. <laughs> but with very minute attention, we'll see that, ah, there was this that happened, you know. And, uh, and it can be freaky to see like, oh God, you know, like I'm not separate from the world. You know, I'm completely, in, you know, it's tapestry-like, this thing, you know, like you think like there's really the woman playing the harp, you know, but when you start to pull on the little thread, you see that she's completely immersed in the, in the tapestry. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, we're not following you, and it's time for you to stop, by the way. <laughs> that I think there's me and the breeze and the environment and my shawl, you know, but this is all kind of meshed in together, you know, like the, 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 the breeze gave rise. To, is it me who gave rise to the intention or the breeze, the cold breeze that gave rise to the intention? I'm not so separate from the world. It's very, it's very uh, intimate. We could put it uh, this way, yeah. So maybe I'll finish just with the fifth, um, the fifth uh, river, the fifth uh, aggregate of consciousness. So this knowing that is happening all the time. Uh, that also I don't will. I don't will it. That's that's one way that I can, if I, if n not just think about it but experience it di directly. I can see like, wow, this consciousness, this knowing, this river of knowing, I can see that it just happens. I don't make it. I don't, it's there, you know? And that's one of the last kind of hideouts of uh, clinging, of owning. This is me. Okay, Pascal, I'm not the body, not the emotions that show up, maybe not the emotion I'll check tomorrow. I'm not, you know, I'm not any of the, the bubbles and mirage and all this. But the know, the, the witness or the knower in there, this is me, you know. And so with attention, we start to see that this has also maybe its own life, you know. A way to talk about this is uh, dividing it in six with the different senses. So we say that with um, the knowing of a sound, arise with the sound. Try to hear the bell now before I ring it. It's, you'll see that if your attention is refined, <laughs> you'll see that the knowing of the sound is concurrent with the sound. It arises exactly at the same time. It depends on the sound. And when the sound finishes, the knowing, the experiencing of the bell is gone with the sound. The knowing of the feet, foot, Now, 
happens mainly because there's a foot. You know, there's a knowing in there that comes with the, that is separable and unseparable from the experience and cannot be owned. It's there, it's totally there. It's not like it's, you know, it's, it's there and it's gone also with the event itself. Ajansha says, uh, if you try to understand it intellectually, your head will explode. <laughs> and the Buddha says, I am. This is a conceived idea. This I am, this is a conceived idea. I will be. This is a conceived idea. I will not be. This is a conceived idea. Conceived ideas are a disease, a boil, a dart. And so this conceived idea of moi can be uh, interrogated or inquired into, explored, broken down with attention. You might use the five aggregates or not, but that's kind of what we're doing here. We're finding all these different aspects of, um, of the human experience and finding out that they can't really be owned, yet they are there. They are not completely controllable and partly yes. So let's take just a moment to uh, experience them for a minute as they will be there. And just feeling the body, become aware of uh, maybe the perception that is at play as you're sitting here of me or mine. Just feeling uh, the body, see if it appears to you, shows up to you as this is me. Or if it shows as this is my body. or I'm inside of it. The ease that you feel, or this ease, discomfort that you feel right now, or ease. Just become aware of the perception that this is my ease, the ease is inside of me, or I'm inside this ease or this ease. Really, there's nothing uh, else to do than just become aware of that, that it appears like this. And can it be just appearance? Or if it appears differently, if it appears that there is sensations, there is ease.
May we all find um, a way to be in this human experience. in a fluid way, in a free way. Where the owning is uh, wise, relative. And there's a wisdom, deeper wisdom. At play. I hope there was something in there for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.